0: Get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information? Hey, folks, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be a your bartender, your mixologist, hope, and hopefully, information for the hour. We'll see how it goes. And yes, we are via internet still because obviously, because of lockdown. But hey, I got some friends along with me. We've got Paula. How are we doing, Paula? Hello. Doing good? Things
1: yes, at home are good. good. Yeah, it's just too hot today. Oh, it's <laughs> too hot. We've see, fr- you don't ever, ever hear me complain about the winter, but when it comes summer, then you hear me complain. See, us Canadians, we look so forward to the summer because it's
0: winter for so long. It's just like, oh, my God, it's summer. Let's get out there and roast.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, though. Like, I, I was out there doing stuff today, right? So I'm all sweaty and gross. And then, ah. <laughs> Paula needs her AC. Here we go. Yeah, the only good part is that we're opening. Well, opening. We're putting up the pool again. So Yay! that's exciting. That's exciting. Woo-hoo! It is.
0: Yeah, so Paula is our tiki newbie, and so she asks the questions that you guys are obviously wanting to ask. And on the other side of my screen, I have Mark, who is our tiki expert. How are we doing, Mark? We're doing great.
2: We're down here in the cellar, just cellar dwelling. Yeah, he's in a bat cave. Bat cave. woo yes. <laughs> Now, before the show, I think Mark was talking about, you actually finally got to have some drinks out on the patio, right? On the porch? Yes, yeah, so we're out in the back porch last night, put the lights on, lit up some of the mugs, and... and uh had a had a cocktail or two, or three, Ooh, or four,
1: or sixty-seven.
0: <laughs> he went through the menu. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're hoping that everyone is actually staying safe. Well, I know we're on. We're so close to the finish line. I mean, everyone's getting vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. Uh, Mark, you guys been vaccinated yet? We nope, got the one shot. One too time. young. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so Mark got one shot. I've got one shot, and you're too young. I thought it's eighteen yeah. now.
1: No, oh. it's it's still forty. I still don't make the cut.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so we're all working our way to being vaccinated and getting back to reality. There we go. But yes, so let's go on to the show.
1: Yes, I am very curious as to what drinks we are talking about today.
0: So today the whole show is going to be all about bitters. Now, we actually have talked about bitters here and there and some of the recipes and stuff like this. And so I got some kind of feedback from people going well what exactly is bitters and hey what kind of cocktails is going to do and is there different kinds of bitters out there to make different kinds of cocktails so, so yes. why,
1: why don't you just start off explaining those things before you talk about the drinks what are sure. bitters and the the type of bitters that there are there so bitters actually started off way, way
0: back, like 1700s as a medicine. It was actually uh, meant for in health reasons. So what it was is that you had, example, if you had a headache, you would put in some waters, a couple of shots of bitters, and it would be like this magical liqueur to fix all these things. Like if you're achy knees and you had arthritis, you would put a couple bitters into a drink and all of a sudden you would feel better. So it actually started off as something where it would be like this kind of a guy would go around with a wig and like you see in the Westerns. The magical liqueurs. And so that's what bitters started off as. And then eventually what ended up happening, of course, then it started getting thrown into drinks. And so How, that- told, Why do we
1: not use them for medical purposes anymore if it was that simple that everyone felt better? Well, the thing was that obviously medicine back then was very
0: prehistoric. There was lots of things that just were unknown to the, the doctors and to the to society itself. So basically what they do is you take these magical concoctions, and so people would buy into it like going, okay, well- I'm hearing from my friend that I've got arthritis and this is what you do. You take a couple of shots of this bitters, you put it in your drink and you'll feel better. And so all through, through time, medicine got better we started becoming more educated on medicine. And so it became more of a food thing and drink thing than being a medical thing.
1: So carry on. Okay. So what's the purpose of the bitters in a drink? So bitters basically
0: is an easy way to kind of give an extra element or taste or flavor profile to a drink in a very easy way because it's very concentrated. So bitters is super concentrated. So I always tell people when you're using bitters, less is better because what it is, it only takes a couple dashes to make a big difference on a drink. So if you keep on going crazy and throwing four or five dashes in there, you're modifying the drink significantly. And so when you're using these bitters, yes, obviously less is better. You can always add more afterwards. But it is super concentrated. And like now, bitters is expanded. Uh, it started off of maybe three or four flavors. Now we're seeing a wide range of bitters. And even in the book that I'm going to talk about on the show here, there's probably about 30 or 40 easily bitters out there with different kinds of profiles.
1: Okay. So this is going to sound like a stupid question
0: mm-hmm.
1: Are all bitters bitter?
0: Yes. So because they're super concentrated and it only takes a little bit to make a difference, it's kind of like if you took your hot sauces. So, you know, when you get hot sauces from around the world yeah. or buffalo sauce or whatever, and they always tell you just a little de- couple dashes of hot sauce makes the world a difference on your wings or your food or whatever. So it's the same process as a hot sauce where basically... There's different profiles. So if I go get a, a hot sauce from, say, in Mexico compared to, say, a hot sauce uh, in Canada or the States somewhere, they're all going to have different profiles and they all have different herbs or spices that are going to come out of them. So it's the same thing for these bitters is that they're super concentrated. So they are bitter if you just drink it on its own or try to taste it on its own. But once you add it to something else like a drink or a food item, it's going to bring that out uh, on the, out of the drink or the food.
1: Okay, so still on that note. Yes. There's I've seen in the store chocolate bitters for example. Mhm. Yes. Uh, that in my head is kind of contradictory, right? Cuz chocolate is sweet mm-hmm. and bitter is bitter. So how does yeah. that work for example?
0: So chocolate bitters, so example, all these bitters, yes, you're saying that they're bitter, but it's only bitter if they're super concentrated and kind of on their own. But as soon as you add it to something, Say example like pop or soda or a cocktail, then it all it does is it gives that that flavor profile. It's kind of like when we taste tiki drinks and you oh I taste a little bit of vanilla in there. It's uh, instead of being in the foreground, it's more in the background. Uh, it's going to be on the back end of the drink, so it gives you that flavor profile. Like so, the chocolate bitters because you're adding it to something. It's bitter on its own if you just sort of take the bottle and shake it but and it put it in But it tastes like
1: chocolate still? But
0: it gives you a bit of chocolate flavor on the back end of your drink. Yeah. I see. Okay. Mark, could you could explain it a bit better? Maybe I don't know if I explained it correctly.
2: Yeah, that should be fine. Well, like dark chocolate, like a mole sauce, isn't sweet. Mm-hmm. All right? So that, But when you put a little tiny bit of that in with your chicken or something like that, you have this hint of chocolate, dark chocolate in the background. Yeah. You're going to be doing the same thing in the different bitters. The uh, celery bitters is just going to be a hint celery Celery
1: bitter i have never heard of that one Mm
2: -hmm. can you can either of you or both Mm -hmm. of you
1: please Mm -hmm. give us like the most common bitters Mm -hmm. right that are used in most drinks that if if one of our listeners is wanting to go get themselves bitters what are the top three bitters that they should have at home for example Mm -hmm. or one that would be the universal and um exquisite bitters like the I don't know, like five or 10 flavors that no one, like celery, I would have never, ever thought that there would be a celery bitter.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mark, you give some examples of maybe some of the bitters that you have in your collection.
2: Well, I have this uh, chocolate mole bitters, which Mm -hmm. is fabulous. It adds all kinds of different flavors. I have this great, it's uh, Emmanuel, uh, tiki bitters. Mm -hmm. And it adds something, especially if you're making a a rum old-fashioned, the tiki bitters in there are just, just killer in there. We mm-hmm. can
1: find Tiki bitters here in Canada,
2: at specialty stores, mm-hmm.
0: okay. or links. Exactly, yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll plug um, uh, the Ontario Distillery Dylan's. They make a really great gin, amongst other things. Uh, they have their own line of bitters now, which are actually available at their liquor store. Mm-hmm. They have bitter pear, bitter orange, bitter lime, bitter cranberry, and bitter lemon.
0: Interesting. Oh
2: wow! There you so go. All those. They-
0: so, so the bitters example, they're obviously the, the most popular ones. Are they going to be the Angostura beers, right? The orange bitters, the example of mine, I actually have the chocolate one. I have a cherry one, which is a really good one for cheeky drinks. Yeah, I got a rhubarb one. Uh, I have a molasses one. So molasses bitters is really cool because what you do is as soon as you add it to whiskey, like some people like whiskey or bourbon on the rocks, adds a couple of dashes of molasses bitters and it gives a better profile. It really does bring out some of the other flavors in that whiskey. So that's just another example of like how that can change the molecular structure of that cocktail.
1: Okay. So if, if, if our listeners are wanting to invest in one or two bitters, which one should they get?
0: So the Angostura bitters, the regular bitters, that's the one you want. You can get that at any grocery store, of course.
1: The Angostura uh, bitters?
0: Yes. That's the one that's yes. like the staple. kind of. Like, actually, that was the original bitters right from the get-go. The very first one ever to be made. Justin's actually gone through a whole bottle of that now, right?
1: Eh? Yes. <laughs> he has. It's
0: funny cuz I told you it was going to last a year and you're like, "No, it's gone."
1: Yeah, he, <laughs> he told me that like a couple days ago. He was like, "Didn't Craig say that this was supposed to last a year?" I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, it's done." <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> I didn't know how much,
0: I didn't realize your your husband's an alcoholic. So, uh
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, no, he 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 actually drinks two or three times a week only, but he only yeah. drinks the exact same drink every time.
0: Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> and I think he likes it bitter because you know He's he dashes along. <laughs> five or six bitters in there. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> on that note. On that note, what drinks are we celebrating our bitters episode with? Okay, so the drinks
0: we're going to do today is the East India cocktail and the Triggerfish cocktail.
1: Okay. Uh. So Mark, I hear him saying trigger fish cocktail, but I feel like I read another name here and that he's just, he's pretending that he's not seeing it.
2: Nope. Didn't see Uh, it. I think uh, maybe we should just give him one shot at saying. Oh no. Yeah. I think so too. Okay. Uh,
1: okay, Well, here you go. Wait, 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 wait. Pause one second. Listeners, just so you understand, (laughs) this is a, a Hawaiian drink from what I gathered Yes. And Craig is pretending that he's not reading what he wrote on the script, which is a probably 18 letter word name. Yes. <laughs> that is also called Trigger Fish Cocktail. So we are going to trigger the Hawaiian in Craig right now. Oh, no. Do
0: it, Craig. Okay. Uh, huma huma nuka kuma huna kunapura.
2: <laughs> Mark, was I even close? I hope you haven't insulted anybody.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my a, God. Okay. okay, Mark, give it a whirl. nuku <laughs> <Humuhumu> nukunuku apuao. <laughs> <laughs> Not even
1: close.
2: Like a, like a true
0: Hawaii. <laughs> you got to admit that is a long word. <laughs>
2: It's a long word. It's still a word. It's a long word for a very small fish. Yeah. So explain, Mark,
0: exactly the this is a fish that's the is this a fish of Hawaii? It's it's a state
2: fish of Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Just like every state has their state bird, state flower, or whatever. And you've seen these fishes, right? Yeah, we've uh, I've seen them a in the wild and B, I saw one in an aquarium at one of the tiki bars we went to.
1: Oh, wow! In the wild, you mean in Hawaii? Yeah,
2: we were snorkeling one (laughs) of them. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was in it was in the little Great Lakes. There we go. Yeah, it was a sushi. No, it's not sushi.
1: You're funny, aren't you?
2: <laughs> and uh, actually, my kid learned it before I did. Oh no way! Oh yeah, because he. Uh, so we had to learn it, so we could learn it together, so we could say it. Humu nuku wow! Now it's also in the famous uh, song "My Little Grass Shack." I think that's which I believe will will make the final run of our jukebox uh, mm-hmm. online. And then one of the si- final lines is, "I want to go back to my little grass shack where the humu humu nuku nuku go swimming by."
0: Ah, Aww. well, we'll have to make sure that's on the jukebox. That's for sure. There we go. I did see we tied the show together. Didn't even know it. There we go. <laughs>
1: Just like that by mistake. Just like I- that by mistake. <laughs> okay, so. East Indian cocktail recipe. What is in the drink? Okay,
0: so this is a little more of a fancier cocktail. It is in the coupe glass, as we will put it into. Fancy. Uh, fancy. Uh, so it's going to be two ounces of brandy. It's going to be a half ounce of orange carousel, which could either be triple sec, Grand Marnier, Cointreau, or obviously orange carousel itself. I mean, whatever you have available in your, through your liquor cabinet. Uh, We're going to do a half ounce of pineapple syrup. Now, we will do a recipe on this. We have done one before on a previously show. If you do use pineapple juice, it's not going to be the same. It'll be a little different. But again, it's all going to come down to supply and demand of what you got. So a quarter ounce of marachianna liqueur. That could be either Luxardo or bowls. Whatever you have available to you, the Luxardo will be more tart. The bowls will be more sugar-based. So completely, again, whatever you want to do there. And then two dashes of Angostura bitters, which is the normal bitters that we'd have normally on your shelf that you can get at any grocery store whatsoever.
2: That sounds like a cool drink. Do you, um, okay, do you shake it? Do you stir it? Do you put it on a slow boat? Whoa,
0: out to sea. There we go. No, we're going to stir this. And what we're going to do is put all the ingredients into a glass container, like a mixing glass. uh, Or you can use a shaker if you want to for this. And then with ice, and then you stir it till it's chilled. And then you're going to strain this into a coupe glass. And garnish it with a lemon twist. So yes, it is a little more fancy dancy, but you'll find with the brandy and the orange liqueur. it's going to be a really nice, soft, mellow drink. Where'd you get this recipe from? So this recipe came from a book that's just recently in my library. It's called Bitters, A Spiritual History of Classic Cure All with Cocktails, Recipes, and Formulas by Thomas Parsons. So this is a really cool book because if you are getting into, like we've talked about in the past, about making from room by yourself, or you want to make pineapple syrup or all these other syrups at home, because we all have some time now, right? It's all COVID. This book is really cool because it actually does a whole bunch of bitter recipes to make bitters and also to make some syrups. And these are really unique syrups and bitters that you can make at home on your own. And then also has recipes in there for cocktails. So we will put it on our cool links page. It's a really cool read. Uh, you can just zip through it if you want to and find any certain syrup or bitters that you want to make and go from there. It's an awesome book.
1: Okay. The trigger fish drink now, please.
0: That's what I'm going to call it. I am going to call it the trigger fish. Oh, uh, Mark, will do on. his own a little bit. Humu humu <laughs> nupu apu apawau. Come on. Sure. Let's just go with that. <laughs> okay. Say that 10 times over. I bet you can't. <laughs> I was going to say, it depends on how many drinks Mark has had. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to give you the recipe for this one. So you can use two ounces of gin or two ounces of white rum. It's all going to come down to whatever spirit you want. If you like white rum, then put the right rum in there. If you can put the gin in there, you can put the gin in there. It's three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, three quarters of an ounce of pineapple juice. So yes, both these drinks have pineapple of some kind in them. Half ounce of orget, which is an almond syrup that you can get in any specialty coffee shop. Uh, we do have, our, I think, a recipe on there for making it at home or by scratch. Or you can actually get the bitters book. And I'm pretty sure, actually, the almond syrup's in there as well. And then two dashes of Peychaud bitters.
2: So this one here, do you do you shake it? Do you stir it? Do you put it in an aquarium?
0: Yes, because it is the trigger fish. So we're not going to swim away with this one. We're going to shake this one, put all the ingredients in the shaker with crushed ice. You're going to shake it and then pour it unstrained into a double fashioned glass and garnish with an orchid. And a cherry. Now, Mark, you've done this one you said last night when we're talking. Uh, You did both sides of the fence, right?
2: We did both, we did a couple of each, the uh, mm-hmm. the gin and the rum. Mm-hmm. And um, I was using the uh, Angava gin, which you can get here in Canada and has lots of botanicals in it. So it gave it a really, the Peychaud's bitters really came out and it gave it this really uh, nifty earthy feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, whereas the, uh, the white rum one tasted more, well, for lack of a better word, tiki, mm-hmm. the citrus really came out. Oh, so, okay. So depending on your spirit then. Yeah. So, I, we like them both. They're both very good drinks. So, mm-hmm. either way, it, it worked out really well. So, was there one that was your favorite and no one was that was Linda's favorite? I think we both like the rum just because we're more used to citrusy rum drinks as opposed to citrusy gin drinks, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, there's not a lot of syrups in there. So, like, when you had the Saturn there on one of the recent shows, we uh, really like the Saturn, even though that's a gin drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is different than the Saturn in that way. Oh, so yeah, okay. but both were good. It, depending on how, what you're feeling at the there time. There you go. I think it might be different with a, uh, like a real London dry gin mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the young gava, which I say has lots of botanicals and all kinds of stuff like that in it. So
0: exactly. I always tell people when it comes to gin, be very careful because there's London dry gin, which like you said, it's basically, it's just straight up gin. And then there's ones like say Bombay Sapphire, which has a lot of botanicals in there and ingredients and herbs and spices. And so it is going to give you more of a – all those flavors will come out of that gin. So lots of times when I'm making cocktails, I do use a more of a London dry gin, something that's just a straight gin.
2: There you go. It was good. Mm -hmm. I would encourage everyone to make their own right now. (laughs)
1: Okay, so where did you get this recipe from? So this recipe is
0: one of the ones that's in our cool links, been there for a long time. It's Smuggler's Cove book from Martin Kate. Smuggler's Cove is a bar down in San Francisco – this book basically is the millennial version of a Tiki Bible. So, we have talked about in the past, Jeff the Beach Momberry, and he was kind of like the one who brought Tiki back into the world. But I think Martin Kate uh, Smuggler's Cove is now the newer version of a Tiki Bible. And also, too, at his bar, he actually has a rum club, which is really cool. And he has over 350 different kinds of rums to try out. Quite the library, more than me, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, so really cool. Mark, have you ever been to the Smuggler's Cove? <laughs>
2: I have not been to San Francisco, which makes me a lesser god than most tiki people. The um, but that that was going to be one of our next adventures until mm-hmm. this thing happened. COVID, somebody may have heard about. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, because there's a number of a uh, what would you call them essential bars in the San Francisco area that we have to go to, and uh, that was part of, like we did the the northern west uh, West Coast, and southern West Coast, and then we're going to just hit the middle and be done with it. I have been to two of his other bars. uh, So, which I'll talk about in the coming months.
0: There we go. Mark's adventures. Exactly. Craig's creation.
1: Yay. Yay.
0: (laughs) I love how you guys cheer about my section. Here we go.
1: Create. Well, of course we cheer about your section. His wife and me, Mm -hmm. we both love your one creation. That has become my go-to drink, and I even had a meltdown the other day because I couldn't find the recipe on the website.
0: <laughs> yes, please explain to people exactly uh, what the scenario was about you trying to find the, rep- the website. Well,
1: first of all, I didn't know he was driving. Second mm-hmm. of all, I don't really understand that when I press enter, it goes as different text messages. I forgot about that, okay? Mm-hmm so yeah. <laughs> basically i'm there trying to find the damn recipe and i can't find it right because mm-hmm. i don't remember what episode we talked it uh, about mm-hmm. and I, it's not down in the recipe page
3: mm-hmm.
1: so i text him ranting about the website and how i hate it and whatnot <laughs> uh, but i'm i'm hitting enter every phrase right so he gets five text messages and then he actually said something like, oh, I thought you were dying or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'm driving along. And it's just like on my phone, it goes one text message, two text messages, three text messages, four text
1: messages. I'm like, okay, <laughs> is she going to the hospital? Is the he baby says, <laughs> injured? <laughs> I said, so he's like, he, he answered very clearly. He's like, under menu recipe, sub menu, Craig's creation. And I said, wow, I would have never found it. Thank you. And sorry for the rant. He's like, I was wondering five texts.
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought she was going to the hospital or something. Like, is the building on fire? What's going on? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's it's good that you brought that up because then people are actually trying to find it. So Craig's creation actually is under the recipe menu on our website. There yeah. we go.
1: Yes. It's there, people. It's there. It's <laughs> hidden, but it's there. <laughs> That's right. It's a hidden
0: gem. That's what we figured. Yeah, it's a hidden yeah. Gem.
1: So just so you know, the other day, um, Justin made me your, your creation, the... The Jamaican Breeze. Ah, yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. I that that's my new go to drink. It's, it's just because I still have uh, the the ginger syrup that Mark gave me, so I figured, you know, might as well use it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know I've gone through uh, the next batch that we made because someone here likes it a lot. Uh,
1: yes, oh, oh. <laughs> exactly. I, I feel you and I feel Linda. I, I apparently Linda and I have the same taste for drinks.
0: So wait, 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 let me get this straight. Mark, you tell me that she's drinking the Jamaican breeze now.
2: Yeah. All the time. Oh. she can make it <laughs> herself. She knows which bottle is labeled ginger syrup. Yeah. And she knows that the Malibu is a white bottle because yep. she has coconut rum, coconut rum. She can't have as many. Yep. Because of the lower alcohol. And we always have tons of pineapple on hand and orange bitters. And I leave the orange bitters out on the counter. And and he obviously knows the recipe by heart already.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. What are you feeling if Mark's come home one day and she's gonna be flat on the floor in the kitchen or something because she's had oh, four or five with the of these whole things.
2: neighborhood, okay? This is all you're doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mark's like, Great Craig, thank you. Gotta make freaking ginger syrup now for the rest of my life now. Okay, so tell me about the creation that you're giving us today. So we're also doing a bitter cocktail, and this one's called the Fred Collins Fizz. So back in the days, there used to be these drinks, cocktails was called fizz, be it like Jack Daniels Fizz, uh, Tom Collins Fizz, Gin Fizz. And what it meant was basically a cocktail that would have soda water in it or pop of some kind in it. And so that's where we came up with this one, Fred Collins Fizz. It's not a Tom Collins. It's more of, I call it a Fred Collins because it's a little different.
1: What's in the drink, Craig-o?
0: Okay, so let's go through it. So you're going to do an ounce and a half of Canadian Club. Now, that's a whiskey. So whatever whiskey you have on hand, you can use. So if you have your favorite whiskey or bourbon, definitely use that one for this recipe. And then we're going to do a half ounce of simple syrup. That's a one-to-one ratio of sugar and water, like we talked about before. A teaspoon of triple sec. So, yes, not a lot. Just sort of a splash of triple sec in, the, in, the, in your shaker. A half ounce of lime juice. And then also and there is going to be two dashes of chocolate bitters, and we're going to top the whole thing
2: off with lemonade. Easy peasy. Wow. So, yeah. well, do you shake it? Do you strain it? I'm assuming you do one of those two.
0: Yeah. So what you're going to do is you're going to shake this, and then you're going to strain all that. Uh, so let me go through it again. So the C&C, or your whiskey, your simple syrup, your triple sec, and your lime juice are going to go into the shaker with ice. You're going to shake that, strain it into a Collins glass with fresh ice. And then what you're going to do is you're going to top it off with the lemonade, and then put the dashes of bitters on top. Take your straw, kind of mix it up through the whole glass. And that is your cocktail. You're gonna get like a nice hit of chocolate in the back end of it. Uh also the triple sec is the orange. So if you ever remember from Christmas, probably a little more older generation, like me and Mark or whatever, at Christmas time, you would always get these like chocolate oranges. You remember those, Mark? You mean like Terry's chocolate oranges? Yes. So it kind of has that little bit of flavor to it where it's like the chocolate and orange, just like you had at Christmas time.
2: Oh, I want one. I'll be back in a few minutes. (laughs) There we go. Exactly. He's getting off and make the drink. There we go.
0: No, no, you have to stick around, Mark. It is Mark's Adventures. Welcome to Mark's Mark's Adventures. There we go. so what are we talking about today? Where are we talking about and where is it located?
2: Well, this time we're going back to Boston we are last our last at show Baston. We talked, yeah Boston we um last time we talked about the Kowloon, which was a Chinese American restaurant just north of Boston mm-hmm. and I figured I'd talk about a newer place uh almost brand speaking new and mm-hmm. it is right downtown Boston uh at two Broad Street Broad Street okay. Yeah, it's located right, when I say downtown Boston, I mean downtown Boston. It's like, it's all, one of the big tourist places. It's right on the, it's in the financial district, right by the waterfront. You can could, you could literally, you can see where they threw the tea in the in the uh, the harbor, that kind of stuff from there. There's the Fenway Hall, which is a really popular tourist attraction. It's like our Byward Market, uh, where you have all kinds of gifts and shops and all, really popular, lots of food. And right, so it's literally a two-minute walk from the hall. And yeah, so it's, you can't miss it. And if you're downtown, you should go there.
0: There you go. So when you're in Boston, I take it, you also hear the the language there, right? It's like New York or Chicago or yeah. anywhere else. It's like that slang of, of a language, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I have family down there on my mother's side and uh, we would go down and visit them quite often. And uh, we'll still do, except for now, of course, that thing that might be <laughs> happening. And so it's really nice to hear the East Coast uh, accent going down because Uh, My name's Mark, and uh, they pronounce it Mac. And uh, my father's name was uh, Marty, so it was Maddie. No. Yeah.
1: Mac and Maddie.
2: Yeah, Mac Mac and Maddie. Maddie. Yeah, come on out to the Piaz and have a beer. You know. So yeah, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh yeah, and when I go down there, it's just uh, it just brings back childhood memories and stuff like that. It's awesome. That's
0: super cute. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Paulo, do you still see that? I mean, obviously from Brazil, uh, an accent. And then when you come up to Canada, the same thing.
1: Um, in the beginning, I heard a lot of the Canadian accent,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like the uh, a boat,
0: a boot, a boat. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it's not as a boot as people say. American,
0: think exactly. Yeah, yeah. I
1: hear. I hear more like a boat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it's not subtle, right? In the beginning, you hear it a lot. Um, but to me, my favorite American accent is the Texas one. I oh, love yes. uh, y'all. <laughs> I Go think it's down, super y'all. cute. Super cute. <laughs> y'all coming tonight, y'all. It's just like two of us and y'all. <laughs> I feel like we're a big crowd.
0: But also, too, it kind of feels like friendly, like, you know, they're being yeah, very friendly in hospitality,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Mark, is this, uh, we talked about Boston like last week, didn't we?
2: Yeah, the last adventure, yes.
1: Is this one brand new or is it older than that one?
2: Well, the actual building and the area goes back to the 1700s. Wow. But the bar itself uh, was opened January 10th, 2018. Oh, oh wow. so it's very recent. Yeah. And uh, Christopher Straub is the uh, general manager. And uh, the, the bar that was there before, because anybody had been to Boston before, uh, there was a place there called The Place. And it was like a burger beer joint. So how Tiki
0: actually is this place? Because I know on the last one we talked about, it was like a Chinese restaurant slash Tiki bar. That's funny. So <laughs> this one, is this a Tiki bar? It I would call it more of a
2: tropical bar. Okay. With, with Tiki elements in it. And there's uh, like, if you know the... It's got the metal ceilings, like the copper ceilings and stuff like that. They have uh big tiki uh, footstools all over the place. So there's elements everywhere. There's some really cool carvings and that kind of stuff, but I would call it more tropical. It almost looks like something you would find in Miami, mm-hmm. but the interior's got, because it's such an old building, it's got these like big steel girders for posts in the middle, right? You can tell that it's a, it's an almost an ancient building and it's right on the street too. So it's not dark. So the escapism inside, it's got nice, Leather furniture everywhere. It's a really nice place. Very
0: classy. So you're saying that it's not dark. Is there, so there's like the big giant windows to see the outside, like the exterior? Yeah, you
2: get to see like, yeah, uh, because yeah, you get to see the outside world passing by. Like they do have uh, plastic and shutters and or blinds and stuff. So it keeps a lot of the light out. But you you know that the the whole world is outside. The music is spot on though. The background soundtrack was supplied by Brother Cleve local another local boss and uh, dj and tiki historian uh we mentioned him on uh, once again on the uh jukebox show mm-hmm. yes there you go
1: so how were the drinks because i know that's obviously the big thing
2: well the drinks were absolutely fabulous so that's one of the things that's we're finding with a lot of the new tiki bars with this new generation of mixologists everything is spot on and uh we were taken care of by Christopher himself, because I think it's what happens when you get there during the day. The owner tends to be there, right? And uh, we were there, and then when Chris left, uh, their head mixologist, Charles Smadiel, uh took over, and he took care of us. So it was great having the mixologist mixing drinks for you. It's like, how cool is that? Uh, Christopher explained how they put together the menu and from the drink menu from both Don the Beachcomber, Classics, and they created a bunch of their own cocktails. Oh, very cool. So the Classics plus some new stuff, right? Yeah. There's actually put, there'll be a scan of uh, the first two pages of the menu. I managed to, well, what happened was I, we wanted to get a copy of the menu, but they have really nice menus there and like they're big bulky things, right? But they they come apart and they reprint the menus regularly because they change the cocktails and they change the food menu. Oh, wow. So they actually have a major printing press or printing machine in the back that reprints the menus on a regular basis. So the drinks actually change up all the time, you're saying? Like, for instance, now, I just checked the website, and uh, they have a whole section of, uh, of my ties, all with different names. There you go. Because it's got to be that way, right, Paula?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: right. <laughs> and so I was able to actually finagle the inside from one of the menus. Wait, what's the word? Finagle. Talk into.
1: Oh, fina- that's <laughs> an actual word, or it's an invention?
2: No, it's a real word. Yeah, talk somebody out of something, yeah. Finagle.
1: Fanagle. There
2: we go. She's learning a new word every day. There we go.
1: Yeah, it's been a while.
2: Yep, so they have that. And a nice touch, they also list the origin location of all the cocktails. They have their own secret uh, uh, mixture of rums for their own selection. Were you able to find out what that was? No. I just tried (laughs) to ask. I just (laughs) thought... So he just said, "Oh yeah, we have our own secret device. what's in it?" He was. It was almost like he, if you just ask somebody, just "Oh, oh, what's in it?" You know, they're going, "Hey, you can't do that." He's to
0: about to tell you, and he stopped.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like, "Hey, you can't do that." And uh, don't ruin the surprise, but if you do go there, have somebody you know. If you're if you're by yourself, order the uh, one of their bowl drinks because they serve bowl drinks. that are different than other places. Ah, that's kind of cool. So, what was your favorite drinks that you had there? That you they were on your top list. Well, like I just mentioned, they change up the drinks a lot of the time. Their current menu online, I mentioned that they have, a, you can check it out yourself. When we were there, we enjoyed the Scrum Dilly Rumptious. That's a cool name. Yeah, that's a cool name. And it, Oh, I need to work on my names.
1: For sure. You have to pump up the name game.
0: Talk to Norma. She's my creator. See, that almost sounds like a Disney name, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. Say it again.
2: Sounds like Mary Poppins. Scrum Dilly Rumptious. That like, sounds like a Mary Poppins
1: name.
2: 100%. It has their house rum blend. Strawberry, long pepper, Aperol, coconut, and lemon. And a spoonful of
0: sugar makes the medicine go down.
2: I got that. And they had a Don the Beachcomber original called the Donga Punch. Never had one before. And I hadn't been to a place that actually offered it. I'm sure if I had gone to some of the places I've been, hey, can I have a Donga Punch? They probably would have done it. Now, another thing, Christopher, because we were sitting there chatting for a while, he introduced me to was the drink that I really liked there. It was called I Can See Clearly Now. Which was a gin drink. Oh wow! Not a rum drink. Yeah, and it was what they call a clarified or milk cocktail. Okay, milked, milked cocktail. I I just did that kind of thing there. Kind of turned my head sideways. <laughs> <laughs> that's milk. that's making me gag a bit in my mouth. Milking a cocktail. Okay, I've never done that one before. I got to admit on that one. Okay, and so I so I looked it up because I didn't know what it was either. But he explained it to me after, and I looked it up afterwards, so I understood what he was talking about. Yes, uh, milk milking. Or creating a milk punch is an old practice that goes back to the seventeen hundreds. So they wow. could, st- and apparently, and simply described, it's adding milk to a mixed cocktail, already mixed cocktail, like mm-hmm. not just the liquor, right? Allowing the milk to curdle and then straining it. Now, Paula's face. <laughs> yeah. Now I know Paula's face, but you took your baking and cooking classes. Yes. Did you not make clarified butter?
1: Yes, but but allowing the milk to curdle—that the gross part.
2: Well, that's what you're doing with butter. You're getting rid of all the stuff that's curdling on top. That's true. Skimming it off. And then you have this be- beautiful velvety butter oil underneath it.
1: That's 100% true. So that's what they do to the milk. They take out the...
2: The curdle part of it. They take out the curdle put, and you're left with a cocktail that is really silky, clear, very, very, very slight milky taste to it, and but also very, very mellow.
0: Now, I got I to gotta say from a restaurant perspective, because, I mean, I've cooked and I've also made drinks, is that there are some processes that are made when you make your food that if you knew how it was made, you probably wouldn't eat or drink it.
1: Yeah. Like, remember,
0: we've talked about the pisco sour, like the, using the egg whites. I know yeah, Paula no, talked about it. She's like Nope, nope, nope. So, the best thing to do in that scenario is just basically make the pisco sour, give the pisco sour to you, and not say a word.
1: <laughs> yeah, just don't tell me, because seriously, like the egg white thing is – Yeah, sometimes I find making a cocktail,
0: sometimes, especially in Tiki, the mystery is better to have that than to actually tell them exactly
1: what's in the drink. I agree 100%. Yeah.
0: Sometimes it's just better to let them not know what's actually in the cocktail and let them enjoy it.
2: It was great to learn something and and get inebriated at the same time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting educated.
2: Yeah, the ultimate education course. It's okay if I drink. There you go.
0: Absolutely. That's what Jeff the Beach Bomberius used to do ten years of research. Yeah. That's what
2: I that's what I call my stuff now. There we go. So
1: what about the food? If the drinks were great, how about the food?
2: Well, you can imagine what we ordered. Ah, yeah, the the there you go. But we also had the uh, the ribs, which were amazing. But the other thing they have there is they have their own um, sushi chefs. Oh they wow. Their own sushi. sushi. Chefs that's really cool. Yeah, so a lot of, you could see a lot of people were showing up around the four o'clock time, and they were um, coming in, get some cocktails, get some sushi, some sushi, and uh, away you go. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, yeah, all the other food. If you check out the, uh, the food menu, they they are open as we speak. By the way, all of the states it's back open at this point. Yeah, a lot of places are. So, Mark, you were saying when you were
0: there, it's like a seven days a week, regular hours, right?
2: Absolutely. This now they're on like a weird business hours because of COVID. And um, so they're like four until 10. So yeah, it's it, they have a lot of food for everybody. So even picky pears would be able to find something there. Good. Oh, there you go. The picky pears. We haven't heard that in a
0: long time. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because of COVID, unfortunately. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there we go. There's another Mark's Adventures.
1: Yay. Very, that
0: was very adventurous. If you're in the Boston area, the Tiki Rock is the place to go and check it out. There's lots of stuff there to see. Max says so. Max said so. The Brazilian.
1: Uh, is this going to hurt? Probably.
0: (laughs) So. All right. So we would do, did you know, but no, wait a minute now. We're going to do a surprise. It is the Brazilian we're going to do. It is? Yes. I figured that we would do this spontaneously because you said yourself you don't like scripted. <laughs> so Mark knew, but you didn't know. Oh okay. I made a fake did you know? So then you will not be able to read the script ahead of time.
1: Well, as if I as if I
0: would. <laughs> I'm just saying this is the best way to do it. Spontaneously, I'm gonna ask you questions and you're gonna have to answer them. Okay. There we go. So, yes, we're doing the Brazilian, and Paula is our Brazilian expert. So today, we're going to talk about some Brazilian cultures and different things that we might not know in the Canadian culture. So the first question I have for you, Paula, is I noticed that, and I was doing some research on this, that handshakes, hugging, and backslaps, and kisses are used to greet people. Yes. So... Explain to our Canadian and North American listeners basically the difference between like what you guys do for greetings compared to what you probably saw when you moved up to the States and to Canada.
1: Okay. So it's it's 100% different. Okay. Yes. 100% different. So, mm-hmm. and and you might have noticed when I walked into your house, I think I probably gave you a kiss in the cheek and Norma too. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yes. Back Way back then, I still was doing it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So girls will give a, well, depends on which state of Brazil you are, right? It's yes. either one or two kisses, one on each side. Oh, okay. So it depends on what part of Brazil you're in. Yeah. So São Paulo, for example, is only one side. Mm-hmm. In Rio, it's both. So you oh, give okay. two kisses. So if, if you're a guy, mm-hmm. you will only kiss other girls. All girls. Doesn't matter if it's she's your girl or not. Mm-hmm. And if it's a girl, she will also do other girls and guys, right? Mm -hmm. The same two cheeks. It's extremely common. They find it super weird that here you're like, hi, how are you? And you don't touch, right? Each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In Brazil, that's super weird for us. And when I got into Algonquin, this is actually funny because I'm used to even greeting my teachers like that, right? Mm -hmm. So it it was really funny cuz this one teacher that really she, thankfully she really liked me mm-hmm. and uh she said to me cuz i went and i oh hi teacher and i hugged her
3: mm-hmm.
1: and she's like uh here we consider this sexual harassment so <laughs> 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 refrain true. from doing it yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh okay sorry i was just saying hi really <laughs> yeah yeah so i I've, I've gotten into a couple Trouble situations, yes, yes, certainly, <laughs> certainly have, and and the worst part is that I had no idea what I what was what people were complaining about, right? Like mm-hmm. because it, it really never hit me. There you go, cool. So the other question I have for you, okay,
0: is that Brazilians have a particular feeling about Spanish language, but I see the, it says in here that you guys appreciate when people attempt to p- speak in Portuguese. So example, Justin. I'm sure tries when he's down there to try to speak in Portuguese. And I'm sure you guys super appreciate that he's at least trying to speak your language.
1: A hundred percent, right? Because Americans have this interesting type of approach where they expect English to be spoken everywhere, period, mm-hmm. right? And yep. that, that's not the case, right? especially in poorer countries, right? Like the there's a limit to where people can go with learning a second language in a place like Brazil, mm-hmm. right, where so much of the population is so poor,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and this includes everyone that's serving you. Mm-hmm. They are going to try their best, but they are definitely not equipped with the English language. Mm-hmm. So certainly, it is a huge and and plus, like it just makes you that much cuter, you know. Like, mm-hmm. is it tempting? To, it's tempting to speak the language. It's one thing for you to come and try to speak Portuguese, right? Mm -hmm. It's a whole other thing for you to come to Brazil Mm. and and try to blurt out a bunch of Spanish words. Ah. That we don't really like. Right. This is what it's saying here
0: is that basically the Spanish language you guys are not a big fan of. No, because we are not Latinos. Exactly. For
1: the 50th time, (laughs) we are not Latinos. And we do not speak Spanish. Well, here's a funny story. I think I've
0: told this story before on the show is that I uh, did this joint flight from uh, Canada to to Puerto Rico and then Puerto Rico to uh, somewhere in the Caribbean. I can't remember what island it was. And when I landed in Puerto Rico at the airport, the one guy told me, the stewardess on the plane, he says, please, whatever you do, do not call the people there Mexicans. They really hate it. And they're freaking pissed off when people do that. And so that was one of the things that they pointed out on the airplane to us. Actually, when we landed, it was like, please do not call the people here Mexicans. They're
1: not Mexicans. Why do they like it?
0: (laughs) It's like, so I just like this. I just remember the story of them telling me that, like, they, actually the airports tell me, the planes tell me, like, don't tell, call them Mexicans.
1: Why would you call someone from Puerto Rican Mexican? You know, like they're not. It's the same with Brazilians. We do not speak Spanish, right? But North Americans decide, you know, to just put us in this big package of Latinos. Right. And like, obviously, you know, they're Brazilians. They must speak Spanish. No, we don't. We speak Portuguese. It's some stuff is similar. Some isn't. Yes. I cannot carry a full on conversation in Spanish. And I'm in the smarter side. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so sure, we can try to identify what you're trying to say in Spanish, but mm-hmm. we're not, we do not speak Spanish. And and I can understand, right? Like we are the only country below The U.S. that doesn't speak Spanish, I can understand how you know everyone can think, oh, everything from the United States down is Spaniards. Mm -hmm. It's not. Just Mm -hmm. FYI. Exactly. There you
0: go. All right. So there's some uh, cool facts about Brazil and Brazilians.
1: Oh, that that didn't hurt as much as I thought it would.
0: We had to throw our, uh, a, a kind of a curveball ball because we figured that this is the best way to get it the answers that we wanted. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there you go. There's the Brazilian. We've also done some uh, cocktails uh, with bitters. So we will have all those recipes for you guys. There's going to be some new books we obviously covered in this episode on cool links. And so let's tell everybody who we are. We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. Or .com. There you go. And on that main page, you will see all the information for this episode, all the cool links. We'll have the recipes on there. There'll be Mark's adventures will be up to date because Mark's going to send me some
1: photos. But yeah. So please tell people where to find the recipe for Craig's creation. Good call.
0: So yes, there'll
1: also be Craig's creation
0: on there. And if you can't find it on the main page, all you do is go up to the recipe tab and under the recipe tab is Craig's creation. That's where you can find that if you, if you can't see it on the main page because we won't have it on the main page every single time. It's only on episodes that have the Craig's creation on it. Yeah, exactly. Good call. And yes, so we also do have our episode and recipe pages. There's tons of information on there for you guys, lots of recipes because we're getting into summertime and party time and woo-hoo, let's be outside. And we also have to do our subscribe page. Please do subscribe. Please, please. Yes. Yes. That way, we can get Mark out of the bat cave and get his own Batmobile. There we go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Please. A bat cycle.
0: The bat cycle. There we go. Which vehicle of all the Bat vehicles that are out there would be your favorite one, Mark? I'm just curious. Well,
2: let me see. Would it be the bat plane, the bat gyro whirlycopter, the bat copter? Hmm. I'd have to say the. Uh, I'm going to go with the 1960s Batmobile because you could just hop into it. The
0: there sky. We go. No, wasn't the bat plane invisible? If I remember correctly, Mm-mm. no, that's Wonder Woman.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it's Wonder Woman. Oh, Come on. right, right. Come on, right. get get your cheesy pop culture right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, folks. So yes, yeah, so we're gonna go off, and uh, I'm gonna make some drinks, and Mark's gonna make some drinks, and Paul's gonna go take care of uh, the little one. There we go. So thank you for listening, folks, and stay tuned to the next show. Stay on. See ya. Ciao. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? Hey, folks, hey, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your bartender, your host, your information. Hey folks, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your host, your information, bartender, and hopefully mixologist. And I did it backwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I noticed, but I wasn't uh, going to say anything. I thought he was trying something new. No. <laughs> and hopefully mixologist. This
2: uh, is going to be a long take.